Welcome back, everybody, to the Below Average Joe's UFC podcast, episode 84. It's Monday. We're here with another results and recap episode, this time for UFC 260. Since we're beginning another week, Dominic, how are you, my friend? I'm feeling quite below average. Mm. Well said, well said. Feeling those Monday blues, are you? Yeah, because our good friend, <laughs> Steve Miocic. Our fellow Ohioan. Our fellow Ohioan lost the heavyweight championship, but I can't hang my head too low because if there's anyone he's going to lose that belt to, Francis Ngannou is the guy. What a story. What a, you know, just come back, avenging that loss from three years ago. We've got a new king at heavyweight. Yeah, it's like I, I definitely felt it for a second last night, or Saturday night, since you're listening to this on Monday. But once that kind of initial shock of just Stipe not being champion anymore yeah. went away, I couldn't be upset. You know, I was actually happy for Francis. It, it was, was like a passing of the torch type man. Yeah, it really was. I mean, we have not, since I've been watching, you know, Stipe first won the belt at UFC 198 yeah. in Fabricio Verdum. First pay-per-view I watched, one month later. Yeah. So literally all I know is Stipe headlining pay-per-views. Yeah. That's all I know. Yeah. For the belt. So it did feel like the end of an era. Yeah, that's what it was. At heavyweight. And if there's a guy that I want to see kind of take on that mantle and move it forward, then Yanni's got to be the top of my list. 100%, man. Couldn't agree more. I think that was the biggest difference in the Cormier fights. Even though I love Daniel yeah. Cormier, he's right. a very likable guy. It's just different. Both guys were in similar spots in their career at the tail end. Yeah. So it was like, no, I want Stipe to, because it was a lot of legacy on the line. Yeah. So like Stipe trying to become the best heavyweight of all time. Yeah, exactly. While with Ngannou, Ngannou's career is still largely unwritten. You mm-hmm. know, he can still go a lot of different ways. So it did feel like appropriate yeah. that if he if Stipe were to lose the belt, that he lose it to a guy like Francis, you know. Couldn't have said it any better. But, again, as I said, we're here to recap all the action from Saturday night's UFC 260. But before we get into that, it's time for the news. The news. One fight announcement (laughs) to talk about, but it's a pretty big one in this UFC women's flyweight division. Yep. Happening on June 12th, UFC 263. Lauren Murphy and Joanne Calderwood go toe-to-toe to figure out who is going to be next. Got to be. Number one contender fight. Coming off this title fight next month uh, between Valentina Shevchenko and Jessica Andrade. The winner of that will likely be facing the winner of this fight yep. in their first title defense. What are your thoughts on it? I think it's an interesting stylistic fight, to be honest. Um, Lauren Murphy's on a tear right now. Really the best that she's looked in her entire career. I believe, what is it now, four in a row? I want to fact-check myself. That sounds Yeah, right. she's on four in a row. Um, so she's on a tear. And, of course, Calderwood was on a tear, lost that fight to Jennifer Maya in a fight that she didn't have to take but chose to take, but then has since avenged that loss in a great fight with uh, Jessica I. So, yeah, it's a clear-cut number one contender fight, of course, after the Andrade-Shevchenko uh, bout next month. And I'm excited for it. Stylistically, again, both of them are... Real opposites. I mean, JoJo's pretty well-rounded, but Lauren Murphy likes to grapple and grind people out, so I'll be interested to see how it plays out, to be honest. And, you know, 
both these women have to have some sort of chip on their shoulder for Lauren. She's kind of been overlooked her whole career. Yeah. She seemed very uh, pissed oh, yeah. <laughs> coming off her last win. She was letting people UFC have it. UFC 254. Yep. Um, she, she was very not happy with the way she's been kind of overlooked here on her rise to the top five and being a contender. While for Joanne Calderwood, she had the title shot in her pocket. Yep. Chose to stay active. Stay active. Loses to Jennifer Maya. So now she's still, you know, she does have a win since then over Jessica I, but now she has to get another win. Yeah. It says a lot about JoJo's kind of character. It really too, does. You know? It just showed that she really does prefer just staying active yeah. and keep moving forward. So Should for be. both these ladies, you know that for different reasons, they have to have a chip on their shoulder and uh-huh. they're coming in here looking to probably make a statement. Yeah, for sure. And that's going to lead to what I hope to be a very fun, exciting fight. It should be. I agree. But that's it. That is all for the news. The news. What is recap some fights? What a night. You're not kidding. What man. a night. You're not kidding. I mean, from top to bottom, this card really delivered, you know, even on the fights that weren't so exciting. Still good Still big bouts. takeaways, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to re- go through the main card results, and then we'll get into our prelim notables. We opened our card at lightweight. Jamie Malarkey knocks out Kama Worthy in 48 seconds. That didn't take no time to start the pay-per-view. No, it really didn't. Following that, women's flyweight, the biggest prospect in the division, Miranda Maverick, gets a unanimous decision whenever Jillian Roberson. Great fight. 30-27 times two, and then 29-28 on the three judges' scorecards. Then at Bantamweight, Sugar Show is back. Sean O'Malley KOs Thomas Almeida. Three minutes, 52 seconds into the third round. Co-main event. Holy shit. What a barn burner this was. At welterweight, Vicente Luque gets the Bravo choke submission (laughs) over Tyron Woodley. Otherwise known as the Dars. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Three minutes, 56 seconds of the very first round. And our main event at heavyweight and new. Francis Ngannou KOs Stipe Miocic. 52 seconds into the second round. What a main card, but, you know, again, before we get into that. Of course. Dom, what is your prelim notable from Saturday night? Now, I don't know if we're going to have the same person, because this time we didn't discuss prior, but you kind of, you got to go Alonzo Minifield here. Coming off of a KO loss in his last outing to OSP, he was really looking to bounce back against really a guy that had been on a tear, but still making his UFC debut in Fabio Charant. He was 7-1 and one, coming over from another organization. Minifield really needed to make a statement, and that he did. It literally took him a minute and 11 seconds. And a guy that's known for one-punch KOing people gets a submission victory via Von Flu Choke. And here's the thing that's quite ironic. He just lost to OSP, and what's he known for? The Von Flu Choke. I know, isn't that funny? So he loses to OSP via KO. Then comes into this fight and just takes a page out of his former opponent's book and gets a Von Flu choke. Round one, a minute and 11 seconds in. Shout out to Alonzo Minifield. The guy's built like a brick shithouse and fights like one. An absolute stud. Still a prospect for sure in that division. So uh, shout out to Alonzo. Yeah, I was definitely happy to see Alonzo kind of get a bounce back here. He does have show a lot of promise. Only reason I didn't pick him 
his opponent was a literal newcomer. La- well, last second replacement. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fabio Chiron, who still has a lot of potential in his own right. Uh, he was in his first fight coming off his contender series victory. Yep. My pick actually is going to be for Abu Bakar Ramadan mm-hmm. Madoff. I this had a is, feeling. This is the cousin of Habib. Um, he has not had quite as clean of a run as Habib. He was now 16-3-1. That was his um, first UFC win. Yeah, his last fight, his first fight in the UFC, being a loss via triangle choke to David Zawada. So he gets a big bounce back. And over a guy in Jared Gooden, who, a stout man, oh, built yeah. like a statue. Oh, yeah. That man is... I remember when he fought um, another guy that I'm a fan of, model. Oh, Jovan? <laughs> yeah, Alan Jovan. <laughs> model <laughs> immediately comes yeah, to me. Uh, when he fought Alan Jovan, I went, oh boy, this is a big dude. For welterweight, he's a big boy. Yeah. And Nurmagomedov handled him for three rounds easily. And he stayed on the feet quite a lot. Yeah. Big, We're used to Nurmagomedov yeah, yeah. to wrestle. There's a lot, it's kind of like a Gracie when they stay yeah. on the feet. Yeah. You know? it's just like, it just goes against what you expect from the name. Uh, but it was a big test for him coming off a loss in his UFC debut. Um, Nurmagomedov does have some big fights in the World Series of Fighting, which then became PFL. Um, he fought there for a long time. Uh, he's only had, again, three losses in his career. One of them to Magomed Mustafaev. And then he lost to Pavel Kush and then had a draw with Bojan Velokovic. And then loses to David Zawada. So he shows a lot of promise um, having that kind of name, that Nurmagomedov name, we'll see kind of how far that carries him. But he proved that he he can he can hang with the big boys. Jared Gooden, big test for him. And Habib now two and as a coach already this year. He's coming for <laughs> yeah. coach of the year. Yeah, at the he end, is. You know? He is. He is. So that was my prelim notable. Um, you know, a lot of the decisions of the night were on the prelim, so a lot of times it's kind of hard to come up with yeah. some notables there but you know even i think mark andre barry alt would be a good one yeah, too the very first fight considering that abu azaitar was definitely the favorite coming into that fight yep um he got a big win with four seconds to spare in their fight that opened up the entire card so some definite good ones there some notable names to take away to remember as they progress here this year oh yeah but now we'll move on to the main card what a, Jamie, what a pay-per-view. Jamie Malarkey Woo! knocks out Kama Worthy. Dom, what were your thoughts on this fight? You know, this was kind of a feel-good because this, of course, is training partner of Alex Volkanovsky. Alexander Volkanovsky. I always say Alex to abbreviate. And uh, as we all know, Alexander Volkanovsky's fight with Brian Ortega for the featherweight strap was supposed to co-main this card, which is mind-boggling, you know, based off how the card performed. But uh, fortunately fell through. Uh, Volkanovski test positive for COVID. Thankfully, at least part of his training uh, didn't fall through because Jamie Marlarkey was able to stay on the card. And good for him because this was a game opponent in Kamal Worthy that's always ready to bang. And he wasted no time. Landed the clean left <coughs> hook. Stunned Kamal Worthy. Gave him kind of a spaghetti legs. He yeah. face plants. Goes in for the KO finish on the ground and pound. He looked incredible for the 46 seconds that we got to see him. Clean on the feet technical striking but has the one shot power yeah well said you know malarkey needed a big win here i think you said uh, he had lost his last two ufc fights i yeah. don't think he had had a win in the promotion he was owing too while kama worthy has kind of built a bit of a name for himself being a huge underdog on some of these cards and getting big wins over Devonte smith louise pena uh he did have a tough loss but it was against Ahmed azetar yeah. who was an absolute killer yeah 
Uh, this felt like a very winnable fight for Kama. We both picked Kama Worthy to win this fight. Malarkey's showing that he's got some knockout power. He's got some nice tricks up his sleeve and um, bounces back in a big way over someone who has some name value, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a good way to get your first win in the promotion. Yeah. Moving on, women's flyweight. Should be some takeaway here. Miranda Maverick. A battle of some young bloods here, but the 23-year-old gets to win over the 25-year-old. Miranda Maverick beating Jillian Roberson. What were your thoughts on this one? Miranda Maverick is a badass. That's my biggest takeaway. Um, Very well-rounded. 23 years old. Now on a seven-fight win streak, 11-2 and two overall. Great on the feet, which I knew going in was probably going to be the biggest advantage for her. But she did not stray away from grappling with the great grappler that is Jillian Robertson. You know, she's tied for, like, most submission finishes in uh, women's mixed martial arts in the UFC. So to go to the ground and be comfortable with her says a lot. Faced adversity in round two. I thought it was a clear one-to-one going into round three. I couldn't I believe so two judges scored it 30-27. I thought that was crazy. But, uh, again, faced adversity nevertheless, no matter how you scored it. And looked great in round three. Again, so clean and crisp on the feet to just be 23 years old. She's very physically big and strong. Like She definitely cuts a good amount of weight to be at 125. She looked incredible. And to think that she's only 23... She's got a very, very high ceiling. Yeah, uh, two takeaways for me to, you know, not just to to continue on what you just said. First one's got to be the disrespect from the judges when it came to Roberson's performance. I mean, I guess we just don't award back control with Roberson. Very gutsy. Yeah. You know, very a big a lot of Roberson showed showed her showed a lot showed a lot of heart. And then that round two, man, she looked great. She and controlled I think, and everything. And I, has, I, I don't understand the 30-27s. I no. think that totally does her a disservice. No. Second kind of takeaway has got to be Maverick on the feet. Man. Being that she comes from a submission, submission pedigree, she only has one TKO yeah. win in her career. Very comfortable. Five submission wins. You know, this was her most high-profile matchup here. Being on the main card of a pay-per-view. Ranked opponent. We had heard about her. We knew she's a prospect. But this was the first time we really got to see her in a showcase. It's literally her second UFC fight. Yeah. And, and she was on a pay-per-view this huge. showcase she did. Man. And that, that, that ability on the feet is going to carry her a long way in this division. You know, a lot of these women's flyweights tend to um, either be more grapple-heavy or submission-heavy. And even though she does kind of fall in line with that, if she can she stay can a step above on the feet, yeah. that can carry her a long way. Yeah, and for those like kind of still, you know, speculative, Roberson, of course, is not the best stand-up fighter, but she did show improvements as well in her striking. So <clears throat> it showed more for Maverick being able to hang with her. Again, an experienced veteran. And again, only 23 years old. I don't care what your opponent's specialty is. If you're looking that good on the feet already, you're going to be legit. Yeah. And with that win, you got to think she's going to be into the top 15. Roberson was 15 coming into this fight. You know, call me crazy here. I don't think the UFC would do this because I think it's a bad idea. But what if they did Maverick and Macy Barber? Yeah, I just, I, I can't. I can't get on board with that. I yeah. mean, would I be excited for it? Sure. But they can't put their two prospects up one-on-one. So for that point only. To, to me, if, sorry, not to cut oh, you off. If they, if they did that, to me, that would 
mean that the UFC is not as big on Barber as they used to be. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't believe that's the case yet. Nah, Macy's still a star for sure. Uh, so I just wanted to poke you with that thought. But yeah. yeah, you know, Maverick, by the way, before I give my actual what should be next, in her post-fight presser, so well-spoken, so knowledgeable. She's actually going to school to be a doctor currently and training full-time. It's pretty wild. Great story for her. And she said, I want to work my way to Valentino within the next two years, but to start that journey, i got to take out one sister first, being Antonina Shevchenko. I believe she's got a fight coming up on the same card as Valentina. She's fighting Andrea Lee, isn't she? I think so. I'm not 100%. I think that is what it is. But regardless, I don't hate that fight at all. So book me essentially for the winner of Lee Shevchenko because Maverick's legit and she deserves top 15. If she wants to get in there quicker than that, I like the idea of having the winner of those two. But if not, Roxanne Modafferi. Oh, really throw her up there. I Um, like that, though. And this is why. Miranda Maverick has all of the technical um, strengths. Or I shouldn't say technical. She's got the athletic strengths. Mm -hmm. She's the faster, younger, stronger opponent. But Modafferi has proven in the past, you know, like the Macy Barber fight. I was about to say, they did do that with Macy. That's not, it doesn't always work out that way. Modafferi is a very just under, she has that underlying kind of abilities that you don't normally see by her physical appearance. Yeah. And she has so many fights to go off of and has that veteran IQ that she's able to really squeak out some wins over opponents that probably should be beating her. Big test for Maverick, kind of losing some of that. You know, you're having someone with much more experience, but you are the person with the who's more gifted athlete. Yeah. So I think it could be a good fight. Now, would it go the same as the Barber fight would? Possibly. Hopefully, no torn ACLs. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. I do like the Lee Shevchenko winner, though, or even the loser. Yeah. And I. There's one other outlier here, but obviously we're just giving one apiece. But Taylor Santos is another interesting one. However, she's another prospect in this division. So you got to be careful here at the UFC because now you're talking number 13, Taylor Santos, number 14, Macy, and soon to be number 15, Miranda Maverick. All three of them are your biggest prospects now in this flyweight division. So you want them to avoid each other for at least as long as you can right. until they really start getting into that upper echelon. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for all three of them. Yeah, because they are all kind of jumbled in that back end. For sure. Moving on, another couple prospects here. One who's really on the rise. One who's kind of fallen off his horse. Sean O'Malley KOs Thomas Almeida in the third round. Uh, I'll just start, you know, to switch things up. I'll kind of give my perspective of this fight. Um Coming in here, you know, a lot of people after the the Marlon Barra fight have really, I became guess, haters. became haters of Sean O'Malley, and I'm not saying Sean hasn't necessarily Yeah, he, he, he didn't can, handle it the best. He, he can be a little <laughs> bit of a shit talker, and, that you know, I get it. That, that's going to grate on some people. But even then, some people just seem to not think he was really ever that good or just... Oh. <laughs> Think again there. Just <laughs> completely disagree. I mean, this guy's very gifted, and he showed why in this fight. We, His striking. This fight should have been over in the first round. Yeah. However. He tried to be cool. He tried to do a walk-off again, and, you know, it. It was close, but I. I wouldn't have stopped I it I wouldn't either. have stopped it either, yeah. However, 
because it went a little longer, you just got to see more. Oh, he man. can go that full 15, and he can really put on a show. I mean, even when he knocked out on Maida the first time and tried to do the walk-off, once he was like, oh, you're not stopping it, ref, he threw like a left hand and then did a spinning wheel kick just yeah. without even a hesitation. I shit you not. Um, and hopefully this isn't too crazy of a take, but I was watching him la- on Saturday night and just thinking, this is what it was like when Connor was on the rise, when we were seeing his unique striking. He doesn't have quite, well, I mean, he does have the power, really, because he has one-shot KO'd people before, similar to Connor. But just the way he moves, he doesn't quite have the wide stance like Connor, but the spinning shit, the precision and power that they both carry, the very similar yeah. rises in terms of, they're striking. Yeah, the confidence is huge for O'Malley as well. This dude is legit and only 26 years old. If he continues to evolve and become a well-rounded martial artist, man, it's hard to deny this kid's not going to be making and I, noise. And I am going to give... Okay, so this fight went pretty much exactly how I thought it would, just longer. Mm-hmm. Almeida, doing what he kind of frustratingly always does, he gets in, he kind of goes tit for tat mm-hmm. with these guys who are much higher level strikers than he is. He did enough to hang in there. And I will say his chin held up better than I thought it would. Yeah. But again, frustratingly so, he never really took the fight into where his strengths were. Right. Or never tried to, really. He never does. Yeah, like you said. It's so. just, it's kind of frustrating, but I have to give him credit for at least keeping it. He stayed in the fight. You know, yeah. he was there for three rounds. Um, didn't look bad. But, you know, it, this might be the end of the road for Almeida. This is four Corner straight row. losses. Yeah. He hasn't been very active. I think three of them are via KOTKO. Yeah, I mean, this is out of these four losses. This four fight losing streak started in 2018. Uh, Granted, they're all to great opponents. You can only lose so many yeah. in a row, and when you're not showing as much in return, it's, it makes it even harder to make it, state your case. Yeah, you know? you just I think it's the end of the road for him for now. Anyways, he's still a young guy, only 29. Yeah, so maybe he goes to like the PFL or to. Bellator, Bellator, 1FC, whatever, and maybe knock. He could always come back. Always come back, yeah. but he's got to learn to take the fight to where his strengths lie, or he's got to keep Composed improving and, yeah. on his striking if that's really what he wants to do. However, for Sean O'Malley, he is a borderline top 15 guy. He was top 15 going into the Vera fight. There is some talk, yeah, and maybe I shouldn't say it because this might be your pick. There's been a lot of chatter. You know, even between the two fighters themselves about running back oh. Sean O'Malley and Marlon Vera. Eh. I would kind of just rather see some fresh matchups Yeah, for now. Maybe you run that back in the future. Yeah. However, Did you, uh, well, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Did you hear Chael Sonnen last night? I did not. Well, he got a text message from a fellow bantamweight. Yeah. Dominic Cruz wants to fight Sean O'Malley. Really? Sign me up. <laughs> Listen, that's a huge jump for a guy that's unranked in o- O'Malley, but it's O'Malley, and it's name value at the end of the day, and if Dominic Cruz wants it, he might just get it. So well, I hate passing up all these guys, <coughs> but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Dominic Cruz, Sean O'Malley. I'm fine and with And you it. know what? I'm going to agree with you. Because <laughs> that I was fight really, is crazy. I was having a hard time really finding him opponent in here. You know, Jimmy Rivera was one that stuck out, or yeah. Rafael Asuncao. Those are really the only other two, but Dominic Cruz, if that's a fight he if wants... If he wants it, he's probably going to get it. 
And O'Malley's not going to turn a fight like that now. Consider this. This is way future outlook. If Sean O'Malley wins over Dominic Cruz, oh man, you know the shit talk with him and Cody Garbrandt goes back. Oh, it's coming. So that coming. like that's on the horizon. But I love the idea of him versus Cruz if that's what Cruz wants. Exactly. And yeah. if it's what he wants, what an interesting he, turn for Dominic Cruz. He's like, just let me fight all these up and comers. Yeah. Takes down Casey Kenny in a great fight, may I add. And him and dude, he's him like O'Malley, he's basically wanting to be a gatekeeper. Imagine him and O'Malley though. Oh, that could be really fun. The X's and O's. Make them two headline a fight night. That would be a really tough fight to pre to like, you know, really make a any sort of prediction. Yeah, man, for. to give O'Malley his first shot at five rounds, see how he handles yeah. it. We know Dom can go five rounds. I'd do that as a fight night headliner. That'd be sick. Moving on to the co main event of the evening. Holy I predicted moly. it. I predicted it. I went out on a limb. I'm giving myself a pat on the back here. I said this would be fight of the night. It was fight of the night. For three minutes and 56 seconds that it lasted. That's where all the credit <laughs> to me stops. Because <laughs> this, <laughs> I, had oh. no, I had no inkling that this fight would go any less than to the judges' yeah. scorecards. This was our fight of the night and the official yeah. fight of the night, 50K. Bonus. Vicente Luque got a submission win over Tyron Woodley. With a Darce choke, three minutes fifty six seconds in the first round, and not before Tyron Woodley came out and did what everyone had been waiting for: I, unload the he, right hand. When he the fight started, and he jumped out like a cannon, and, and immediately, threw immediately, threw immediately, clinched up, looked for a takedown. It looked like old Tyron. Luke fought it off well, yeah, but it looked for a minute there like Woodley was getting secured a takedown and really just kind of dominating his fashion yeah woodley's so strong physically and luke may not look like woodley does but he's strong too man well, he fought he, obviously he and... fought it off and i mean he was off balance for a yeah, lot of that yeah um so after they kind of get out of the clinch uh woodley actually lands the first hard shot of the fight stumbles luke with the right hand you know that overhand right that mm-hmm. woodley throws has got some heat behind oh, it yeah. Um, immediately Luke follows up with the right of his own that stuns Tyron. And then, really from there, Luke just piled it on. Tyron kind of looking like he was out on his feet. I thought it was going to get stopped on the feet. Um, but... but then Luke able to get a Darce choke. Woodley not even defending it, really. You can oh, tell it was he locked was... in. And that was all she wrote. And like I told you before we started recording, it's kind of interesting. Tyron's last win was via Darce choke over Darren Till. And then potentially, the last time we see Tyron, at least in the UFC, loses via Darce Choke in a fight that was just an absolute barn burner, just like the one him and Till had. It's so crazy how it just all comes full circle. Is this the end of the road for Tyron, at least in the UFC? In the UFC, yes. I could see Tyron Woodley. He's still so physically gifted. And I will say that I am very happy that he, you know, I never want to say I'm happy that a guy gets finished. (laughs) But I'm happy that Tyron didn't just coast for 15 He went minutes. out on his shield. As Dana were, I was happy to see Dana give him some props. Yeah. But then he also went, what is Woodley now? 39? Four straight losses? Mm. Yeah. That's all he said. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. You know, he's, he's not who he was at his peak. But if he could put together the performance that he did last night against a lot of these guys that are in Bellator or another one of these promotions. Oh, yeah. He competes. For sure. I, I'd like to see him go to Bellator. I think that's probably what he'll do. He seems like a guy that might go to... I don't know why. He just gives me... I think he still wants to compete. He gives me Bellator vibes. He doesn't seem like he's in retirement mode. 
even not as a guy who's night. 39. Yeah. But again, so physically gifted. Yeah, exactly. It's just not quite able to hang with the top of the top in the UFC. And you know, being that it is potentially his last UFC fight, kind of just like a look back on his career. Is it just pretty underrated, under the radar? I mean, four title defenses. Granted, one of them was a draw. Um, just yeah, it's definitely he had some it's crazy became, moments. I think time will look back a lot nicer on his career. Yeah. Right now, he's in the cusp. He just last night yeah. was the fourth straight loss. Yeah. Um, he's never he gets a lot of kind of unnecessary hate. We've even been guilty of it ourselves mm-hmm. before we started doing this podcast, you know. But I think over time people will recognize how great his run was with the belt. And the resume on that yeah. he has. And I mean, people don't remember it now, but when he beat Darren Till, there were a lot of talks of this guy being like he's GSP coming for GSP, yeah. And being a top 10 fighter of all time. Yeah, he's lost four straight since then, so that talk's not there really anymore. But I think you at least have to give this guy his due as one of the top welterweights, welterweights of all time. in UFC yeah. history. He's up there with... GSP's probably on a level of his own, but He's Matt like Hughes, the Matt Hughes's, yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's definitely where he falls in line. And, and really, like, kind of where Kamaru is now. Obviously, yeah. Kamaru's still fighting, but as of now, that's yeah. they're all in that little pool together. Yeah. Kamaru, so Kamaru's starting to... The way... I'll forward it like this. The way people look at Kamaru now... Yes. ...is the way people looked at Woodley. Yeah. yeah. A few, they said, oh, he's not exciting. Yeah. He's a boring fighter, but, then but he starts he's dominant. Then he, then he starts finishing people. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. I mean, it's very similar. Eerily yeah. similar. And it's so... So, if, if, if Usman... Now loses four straight fights. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have, hear the same things with him. And it's so unique that you know Tyron passed the belt to yeah. Usman. So it's very interesting. But yeah, he really is one of the best welterweights to ever do it. Great career if it is coming to a close. But for one man that it's not coming to a close for anytime soon, Vicente Luque. Now I will say Luque did show his weaknesses. We knew he likes getting hit, don't he? He. Well, I shouldn't say he likes getting hit. <laughs> He just maybe just wakes him up. He just doesn't really defend his. He doesn't defend the striking very well. That's why he got stunned in the first place. Luckily, his shots landed cleaner. Or I don't want to say luckily. I, I his striking is much cleaner than Tyron's was, and that showed through. He was very much mm-hmm. in the pocket, landing straight strikes. Woodley was kind of winging punches after he got hurt. And Woodley now, looked damn good. Or excuse me, Luke yeah. looked damn good. And now, man, thirteen and three in the UFC. Outside of his UFC debut, he's lost to two guys: Leon Edwards and Stephen Ornaboy Thompson. Yeah. And now, I the top welterweight's kind of a shit show of a division <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna throw a name out there. There's one that makes all the sense in the world to me: Michael Chiesa. Booyah! Michael Chiesa That's the makes only guy. a lot of sense because really, to me, the top five. In my head, is played out. I don't know if it is in real life, but it's easy <laughs> well, for me okay, to play let's it talk out. It, let's talk it through. Okay. So Usman's the champ. He's yeah. defending against number four, Jorge Masvidal, Correct. at the next pay-per-view. Correct. Colby Covington's number one. I think I think it should go Usman Masvidal is what we're getting. Then we go Colby Leon, Gilbert, Wonderboy Thompson. That then, leaves the odd man out at Michael Chiesa. Yeah. And Luke is going to now pass up to number seven. Kies is number six. Hello. Makes it's easy. <laughs> and it's a great test because Luke is a beast on the ground, but Kiesa, 
loves going to the ground yeah. and loves grappling. So that's a very interesting fight. If when it stays on the feet, Kiesa's you gotta not, lean toward yeah, Luke. Yeah, is not Kiesa might have some power, but not not necessarily not the strike. Luke's not Luke the has. kind of guy you want to strike with. You know, Luke's a killer man. So well rounded now. I mean, that's. 11 KOTKO, 7 submissions? I mean, yeah, That's the biggest win of his career by far. Oh, yeah. He looks uh, so good. Very happy for him. Huge you know, win. Oh, we're yeah. big fans of him. So oh, yeah. Hopefully, I would like to see him get a big fight like hopefully that. Hopefully soon, too. Sooner rather than later. Agreed. Main event. Uh, <laughs> Francis Ngannou knocks out Stipe Miocic. Let's pour one out. Pour one out for the heavyweight GOAT, Stipe. Um Man, he gave it his all, but he did. This this was this a, was a different Francis. Now, <laughs> this was scary. We we talked about this. I said I thought we would see a more composed or patient Ngannou. Yeah, I just wasn't expecting him to that be much so better well of an rounded. Yes, I was expecting more like the Lewis fight Ngannou, yeah. where it was more gun shy. Yeah, this was. I'm calculated. Gonna you, I'm gonna pick you apart. Take down defense on point. Yeah. Ground and pound. Took Stepe down. <laughs> Precision, power, timing, head kicks, calf kicks, body shots. If you thought Francis was scary already, you better hide under the covers now. Because this dude's it's a crazy. fucking nightmare. It's kind of crazy when you think about it that uh, since Francis is the heavyweight. So the largest weight class. He's the heavyweight champion now of the UFC, who's the premier yes. MMA organization. MMA is probably the best sport when it comes to encapsulating all fighting styles. Yeah, that means there is not a man on earth who can win in a fight over Francis Ngannou. After what I saw last night, I'm okay with that statement. <laughs> this this was a different like when Ortega fought Korean Zombie. We we're like, oh man. Ortega 2.0, this dude is, like, look out for this guy. Francis Ngannou 2.0? <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. I, I'm literally left speechless almost, <clears throat> to be honest. He looked that good last night in all aspects of the game. Cardio even was on point. Granted, only went to the second round. He wasn't heavy breathing. Even though he threw big shots still in that first round. How good did he look, look last look, night? Look, Francis, I mean, Francis won the entire fight. Yeah, first round was all his. There wasn't a moment in this fight that Stipe was winning. And, no. you know, that's not to talk, like, that's not to describe no, no, Stipe. No. This is Francis. This is Fran- Francis looked completely anew. You know, this wasn't the guy who was winging punches at Jarzinho Rosenstruck no, less man. than a year ago. This, you'd think they were different fighters. Yeah. That's how crazy the difference was. I mean, it was just a, it was a treat to watch, really. Yeah. I mean, if it was against any other fighter, I would have been so happy to see him. Yeah. But, you know, it, it comes with a bit of a, there's some baggage to it when it's yeah. our boy Stipe. Yeah. Um, I do want to take a second to talk about Stipe. Reflect. Yeah. Um, again, I, I, I probably mentioned this at the top, but since I've literally started watching the sport, Stipe, all I know is Stipe. In heavyweight title fights, headlining pay per views, we had the honor we to saw see him live. His first, his first title, title defense against Overeem at UFC 203 in Cleveland, rep in Ohio. I've never felt like an arena was just going to crumble like I did that night. It was so loud in that place, and he's doing the OHIO chants. Right. He gets the KO win after fighting adversity in that first round. 
and then goes on to you know make history three straight title defenses six title fight <laughs> victories has the epic trilogy with Daniel Cormier he is the greatest heavyweight of all time absolute legend I mean what more can you say about the guy if a pure class human being and character yeah. firefighter dad husband he is like the ideal role model of what you would want an MMA fighter to be. Yeah, he's the best UFC heavyweight fighter of all time and one of the best fighters in general of all time. One of the best human beings in the UFC of all time. Yeah, I mean, he cracked both of our top tens eight months ago. Well, we did that top ten list before yeah, the that was fight. Before the and I remember fight. I said, I was like, whoever wins that fight would be number ten. I mean, he might be even higher than yeah, that. Yeah, and, and you got to think now, too... And I'm going to tell everybody what we had discussed for weeks leading into this fight. That coming in, really there wasn't much to lose if you were Stipe. And there wasn't a, like, had he beat Francis again, you're like, okay. There's another title defense, you know, a cherry on top type deal. But it wasn't too significant. He would have then went on to fight John Jones. Now if he beats John Jones... We're really talking something legendary. The significance legendary. wasn't beating Ngannou. It was, it was getting past Ngannou to, to fight, fight John. John. And if he were to beat John, it's like, holy shit. Best of all time. Best of all time. But he loses, and I just don't feel it hinders. His his legacy had already been written. That's what we kept saying going into this. Yeah. So this was just would have been another defense, another cherry on top. So um, what do you think? So we basically just gave him a curtain call, and uh. I think that's because... I think it's time. Are we just selfish Ohioans that don't want to see our boy take any more unwarranted damage? Maybe a little bit. But if there, I mean, they, I still when you truly, want to say there's nothing left to prove, I still, nothing left I to still prove. truly think he probably beats every other heavyweight oh, on earth. Yeah, and I don't think, granted, and Gani looked amazing last night. I'm, that's not to say, oh, he's for sure going to win the trilogy because we've seen Stipe bounce back and make adjustments too. So like a trilogy between those two. Would be crazy. I just don't think that's in the cards. And if you're steep, it's like, do I even risk going to fight a non-title fight? And then what if I lose then? What if I get knocked out, take damage that I don't yeah. need? Why not really ride, all, ride off into the sunset while you're still on top, looked at as that goat in this division? And, uh, again, nothing left to prove. If he, come, if he wants to come back, I mean, he doesn't need the money. Yeah. So if, he's if he wants back, to come back, I mean, I'm fine. You know, it's just, it's just going to be weird. Yeah. But also, and I mean, that maybe that is a selfish point of view. It's more so, to me, I can't, in, in my own mind, come to terms with putting him up against even Derek Lewis or Curtis Blades. Because like you Cyril said Don. before we recorded, be, it would be on a fight night. It, well, it's just, it, there's nothing left to prove. Yeah, exactly. That's what like, it comes he down to. He lost the belt, and to me, it's like, okay, he's literally, for the last... Five years now. Fought two guys. No, well, I mean, five, I'm sorry. I was thinking the last five three years. Five years, yeah. he has literally fought for the belt. Yeah, been the king. That's it. Yeah. To me, it, it would just feel out of character to go back to yeah. being that guy looking to get the next title fight. He's 38, about to be 39 in August. Kid on the way, baby boy. The heir to the throne. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's 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 up to him, but I'm not personally going to match make for yeah, him. Yeah, I he and gave Ghanu, us an incredible be, journey. And Ghanu, Ghanu should be a little more simple, right? I mean, you think. Uh, the obvious choice, John Jones, right? Holy moly. John UFC Jones. needs to make this happen at all costs. Yeah. Strike while the iron is hot. It needs to happen. Now, post-fight, 
John Jones asking for the money, getting into all this shit. Dana's talking shit at the press conference. Meanwhile, Francis is just chilling like, hey, I'll just fight anybody. I don't care. Is it going to happen? That's the question. Here, Here's what we were talking about before we started recording. It's... I, right now, believe that we will see Ngannou versus Lewis before we see Ngannou versus Jones. But, I still think Ngannou versus Jones... Will happen. As long as he beats Derek Lewis, I think Ngannou versus Jones would be after that. I just think this is a... This is a big enough fight that it feels like it's going to take a while to really hammer out all the details. It doesn't help that right now we're so early in kind of getting fans back. Mm. And this feels like a fight where you... Dana even said himself, he's the kind of guy you take, Ngannou that is, you take the Fight Island, you take the Vegas, the biggest places. This is massive. We're talking one of the biggest fights ever in Ngannou versus Jones. uh, Especially in the heavyweight division. Okay, yeah, I, I can I can buy into that. I you know I don't know pay per view wise what we're talking here. I don't uh, care about the buys. I'm just talking fight, man. I mean, it does feel like a huge fight. Though. Oh man, just especially with the way Ngannou looked, it just he's he's this superhuman being that is now the champion. And he's this a, is what the UFC has wanted for three years, based on their figures and kind of the place they are in their career. John Jones should be kind of the the like guy you're rooting for in that matchup, but Ngannou is so damn likable, and John oh. Jones has all of his transgressions. Yeah, so it doesn't really work that way. And if Ngannou were to beat John Jones, they're sending this son of a bitch to the moon. <laughs> to, this to, man's going to put the UFC he's going in with, his backpack. He, he's going to the same place Dogecoin went a couple <laughs> months ago. <laughs> yes, but if the fight doesn't happen with Jones, Derek Lewis is next. Yeah, right? and I I think personally I think they will end up booking that fight. I don't know if John Jones is going and Ngannou will come to terms by what? July or June, excuse me. June is probably June or August. June or August. Yeah. Um I do think by the end of 2021 you see Ngannou versus Jones assuming Ngannou wins against Lewis. But well, I'm going to tell you right now, if Ngannou and Derek Lewis fight again, we won't have that shit fest of a fight we had the first time. I hope not. I feel confident. Uh, Again, I hope not. Could be wrong. <laughs> but, I sure hope not. Either fight, you can't really go wrong, but I think it's a miss if you don't capitalize right now on Jones and Ghana. You gotta get that done. I don't know how much money Jones is asking for, but I, yeah. Dana yeah. said call Hunter. <laughs> I hope John called Hunter last right night. Away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's about going to wrap it up here for our results and recap of UFC 260. It was a all-around just awesome night of fights. It was. Um, this good. was really good to end the month on this because there were a couple fights this month that were just weird. We had a yeah. title change hands to an illegal knee. Yeah. We had a fight card with two no contests, one with Leon Edwards. It was all just weird. But to have this fantastic pay-per-view with no controversy, clear-cut winners, a lot of takeaways... It was a good way that's to a perf- That's a perfect way to say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, looking forward to what April has in store for us. Obviously, it's going to be a huge month, not just for the UFC, but 
for Bellator as well. Yes, Bellator's is it PFL back. coming back in May or is that PFL's early back? One championships on TNT Network. <laughs> Woo! There's a lot of MMA. We got next it. Month. We got our work cut out. It's going to be a blast. So be on the lookout for all that. We're really going to be looking to you know as we are now we are the MMA podcast. We do want to oh, yeah. give you the coverage that's deserved for these other fights in Bellator One FC. PFL, Ryzen, yeah. all of them. Be on the lookout for all that. But until then, this will be, the, I will say this, will you will not see another episode from us until next Wednesday. Yeah, so not this coming Wednesday to Wednesday after. Yeah. So a bit of a gap. Yeah, it's unfortunate, yeah, yeah. but that's how it worked no, out. No UFC card this week. Yeah. No card at all yeah. this weekend. So unfortunate, but we get a bit of a week to recover. And then, like we just said, April is going to be pretty wild. Yeah. So we're looking forward to it. Uh, but be on the lookout again, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. So you get a little break from us. But you're going to have to be following us on the socials. And you know where they can find us on the socials? Where can they find us? At BAJ underscore MMA podcast. And selfishly, if you want to find myself, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at Diesely14. And as for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram, at NT Baker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree, which gives you the links to all the platforms that the podcast is on, along with the social media platforms. That includes the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, along with Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. It's all on there, baby. And there's a couple links for the anchor page. First, leaving a voice message. If you have an up, if you have a thought about an upcoming fight, a news story, if you just want to say hi. Or call us a piece of shit. Yeah, leave some messages while we're out of the office. We'll, <laughs> yeah. We got some time to rack up some messages. Yeah. Throw them in an And you got 60 seconds to tell us your thoughts on any of that. Uh, do it at that link. There's also a link on there if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. That just provides us with a few dollars a month. All that money goes back into improving the quality of the podcast, whether it be audio equipment or down the line doing a video podcast. So again... You can find all that if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore. But with that, we're out, and we'll see y'all on next Wednesday, not this Wednesday, the Wednesday after. But feel free to look at our episode catalog while we're gone. (laughs)